Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 20th day of July 2022. Happy Hump Day, Wednesday, almost to the weekend. I'm Derek Hunter. I'm your host. And if it sounds like I'm on a jet plane, it's... uh, No, I'm not. I'm driving. I'm in the middle of nowhere, looking at trees, driving. But you know what? When you promise to deliver a podcast every single freaking day... You gotta take it where you can find it. So this was the time I had to be able to record, and so there you go. Like I say, it'll be obviously abbreviated as I am enjoying the time with the father, and uh, it was a good visit and all the nostalgia and everything like that. So hopefully, if uh, if your parents are still around, go spend time with them this weekend. You don't need an excuse, and you probably don't have to drive for. 10 hours to get there either so you know you got no excuse do it to it if you can all right so we've got i'm going to try and cover just a few of the things that are going on right now because i can't do any audio right now obviously i am in the midst of driving although having the internet up at my father's house is a new sensation it's wildly different than uh like everybody vying to sit in my dad's chair when he's not in it because that corner of that room is the only place where you can get your phone to work in any manner that really matters so you sit there and you go all right i'm gonna sit over there i could set my phone up as a wi-fi hotspot and eventually kind of load some stuff but uh no one time to load a couple years i guess it was like a year and a half ago or something like that I had to drive into McDonald's to, to upload a show because my for some reason, I don't know why, but it was working and then it wasn't working for the internet, my phone, and uh, I had to upload things. McDonald's has free Wi-Fi, so I had to go sit in the parking lot of McDonald's with my laptop to upload the show. That's dedication, ladies and gentlemen, or commitment, or somebody who should be committed uh, in some sort of institution. Anyway, I uh, I start off, I guess, I was watching the uh, special report with Brit Hume tonight, and Steve Bannon is on trial for contempt of Congress. It's very, very rare uh, to be charged with contempt of Congress and go to pri- go to uh, trial for contempt of Congress. It is so rare, in fact, that you the only people really who ever face charges for it are Republicans. So whenever there's a Republican administration, the chances of somebody being charged with contempt of Congress go up significantly, being actually charged and tried for it. And it helps if you have a hack Democrat attorney general willing to do the bidding of a corrupt president of the United States if you really want to have one of these things. Now... Honestly, I watched the footage or listened to the footage of um, Bannon. I know Steve a little bit. It's been years since I've talked to Steve, but I knew Steve before he got involved with Breitbart. My wife used to uh, book interviews for his documentaries. And then, of course, we were friends with Andrew, and when he started sniffing around Breitbart, we were there. I know a lot of people who dislike Steve, 
immensely, intently, really dislike Steve. Those were all people who worked for him or worked for Breitbart at the time that he was chairman of Breitbart. I never worked at Breitbart. I guess, thank God for that. I never worked at Breitbart, and I never uh, never really had a bad time with Steve. He uh, called me up and had me go out to his editing bay one time to watch a rough cut of the, uh, what you call it, thingamabob, the documentary that he did about Sarah Palin. Uh, you know, he just, I don't know, he was always around. I mean, I, maybe because I was friends with Andrew, he was friendly with me. Probably because I, well, no, that's not true, because everybody that worked for Breitbart back then was friends with Andrew and he was kind of a D-bag to everybody he worked with according to everybody who I believe but everybody I know who worked for him like he was just a horrible horrible boss they don't like him as a person I can't say I don't like him as a person I can say that people I uh, very good friends with um, some of them aren't with us anymore but people I'm very good friends with had very compelling cases against him that being said, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of him as a person or a boss. It's a matter of the guy, is he guilty of uh, contempt of Congress or is he not? And I don't know. I look at his claim of executive privilege and if I'm being honest with you, and that's what I do is be honest with you, he doesn't have much of a leg to stand on as far as claiming executive privilege. He left working in the White House back in like 2017 or something like that. I don't think you get an unofficial executive privilege. I don't know that you can. I mean, that's up to the courts to decide. But Steve, I promise you... It, now, he's since said that he'll happily talk to the nine or January 6th committee... And Trump has waived any claims of executive privilege. And, of course, the a-holes over in the Democratic side, along with uh, Kitzinger and Cheney, are saying, Sorry, too late. They want him to test. Steve is volunteering to testify in public, live, on television. Democrats are never going to allow that because Steve, for all his faults, is a smart guy. Steve would... I've seen Steve, I've had conversations with Steve, I've had debates with Steve where you're sitting there and you're just, he's, he's, he can be hard to pin down, very hard to pin down, and he's a smart guy. He would make those people on that committee look like the idiots that they are, so there's no way in hell they're going to let him testify live in public. They want him on tape in private so that after 10 hours of questioning him, they can pull out 45 seconds in, you know, three 15-second clips and say, here's what he said, and they'll pick out the worst 15 seconds and be able to frame it any way they want. That's why this committee is BS. That's why Steve is right to say, I'm willing to testify in public because it illustrates that they're not willing to let the public look behind the curtain and see what's really going on. That being said, Steve is facing a criminal trial, granted a minor Offense could face, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, something like that. He's facing it in Washington, D.C. The jury pool is undoubtedly going to be made up. I mean, you remember the trial of uh, that corrupt 
lawyer who clearly lied to the FBI about working for the Clinton campaign. Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. These are the same types of people who are going to be sitting on the jury for Steve Bannon. Hillary donors, Biden donors, people probably who slept with Hunter Biden or have at least gotten a social disease from using a toilet after he did. Not the people you want to be sitting in judgment of you when you're a well-known Republican associated with Donald Trump. So there's a decent chance that no matter how big a pile of BS the trial is, the case is, that the jury goes, oh, I don't like that Steve Bannon. He's close to Donald Trump and to hell with these Republicans. Guilty. Guilty on all charges. Now, Steve won't be, you know, arrested and thrown away away the key or anything like that, but it'll be inconvenient for him, no doubt. Sit there and go to jail for 90 days, 30 days. Any time you spend in jail is awful. It doesn't really matter which prison you're in. And when you are at the mercy of the Democrats who control the prison system that you would be in, I guarantee you they will make it as unpleasant as as they possibly can. So I appreciate what Steve's trying to do. I just think it's a little bit crazy. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, out of spite. But Steve knows what he's doing. You know, Steve's, like I said, Steve's a smart guy. You can decide whether or not he uses his smarts for, for good or evil or whatever. And if you ever worked for him, you'll have a different opinion. But uh, he, he knows what he's doing. It's interesting to watch. Somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're doing is the Vice President of the United States. My God, how dumb can one human being be? I guess when you get your first uh, foray into politics, you get your political foot in the door, so to speak, on your knees. You, uh, you're not, Willie Brown wasn't exactly offering up IQ tests to see who his side pieces were going to be, right? It was. I don't think he's sitting there going, "How smart are you? Are you any smarter? Are you smart at all?" No, he's probably going to have a gag reflex, and that's all he's interested in. He can't blame him. <laughs> I'm horrible, but honestly, that's how she got her started in politics, and so she's out there talking about the Dobbs decision. Democrats are desperate to try and make the abortion issue stay alive, and yeah, polls show that uh, I think it was like the fifth or maybe the seventh important, least important or most important issue. It's well down on the list for uh, people. But it's 70% of the people are concerned with abortion. But it, that number is irrelevant, to be honest with you. It doesn't tell you how many people are going, yes, I'm ecstatic that Roe v. Wade was overturned. And how many people are saying I'm, it's horrible and horrifying that Roe v. Wade was overturned. It just tells you that 70% of the people say it's an issue they care about. It really doesn't matter unless, like I said before, it's the issue that moves your vote. If it's not the issue that moves your vote... It doesn't matter. You can say, well, I'm really concerned about... I'm glad or upset that Roe was overturned. But, you know what? My inability to uh, pay my bills, fill my car up, and feed my family is a little bit more important to me. You could be the most ardent pro-abortion person on the face of the earth, but you look at Joe Biden's idiocy leading to inflation and the disastrous economy that he's created, and you go, but I don't care. 
we'll deal with abortion later. Right now, we got to be able to eat. We got to get this economy going. We got to get inflation under control. We got to get gas prices under control because it's abundantly clear that these morons don't give a damn about that at all. They actually like it. So Kamala is out there talking about abortion, talking up abortion, because she's the woman in the administration. Again, when it's convenient, Democrats suddenly become biologists. Go, you know, uh, women. We've got a women out there talking about it. And then if a man chimes in and says, yay, abortion, they go, listen to that man over there. He knows what he's talking about. And if another man steps up and says, abortion's not so great, they go, shut up, man. Unless you're a woman, you don't get to say anything about it. I think that's the most important thing that people are noticing right now is the absolute ever-changing rules for existence the Democrats put forth for all of us. You're allowed to do anything you want, say anything. No, you shut up now. What are you going to say? Well, yes, then you have free speech. What are you going to say? I'm sorry, you don't have free speech. They are corrupt. They are just, frankly, bad people. And the more that the people notice this, like, hey, geez, I don't know what a woman is. A woman can be anything. A person with the capacity for birth, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, shut up, man. You can't talk about abortion. All right. For the next 30 seconds, I identify as a woman. There. Boom. Go. Hey, uh, abortion is evil. It's awful. It's definitely the taking of a human life. If you really want to have a choice in these matters, keep your legs together. Okay? Or use birth control. There are many ways in which you can, things in which you can avail yourself of to avoid pregnancy. Stop being a jackass. Don't get hammered and screw somebody. If you know how kids are made, all right, you've got no excuse for getting pregnant. And uh, tough, there you go. If you screw around and you get knocked up because of your stupidity or your partner's stupidity, and if you're, you're, well, my partner was stupid, well, stupid people go with stupid people generally. So, sorry, you're SOL. Equate yourself with uh, an, an adoption agency and put that kid up for adoption. How's that sound? I'm a woman. I'm allowed to have that opinion. Boom. Now I'm a man again. Yeah. Hey, what I miss? Show me your tits. No. <laughs> just a horrible man. I can do this. I can say this. I'm driving. I'm a little slap happy. But these people are insane. Kamala Harris is out there comparing abortion, the Dobbs decision, to slavery. In front of the NAACP, for God's sakes. In front of the NAACP, she's going, "Eh, this country has a history. And this is the second time she said this, by the way. It tells you how stupid she is. Like I said, she was Willie Brown's side piece, not because of her brains, but because of the Eh, probably the fastest way to get into where this, the same cavity where her brain is. Um, she said, uh, this country has a history of looking at some people and uh, claiming ownership over some people's bodies. She's trying to say, well, it's just like slavery. But that's not true. This country didn't own slaves. Slavery was legal in this country. The government wasn't a massive slave owner. Oh, but they built the White House, and they built slaves, built the... No, they contracted with people who owned slaves. I'm not going to justify it. I don't justify it. But it was what it was at the time, and it wasn't the federal government owning slaves. The federal government has not owned slaves. So it is not the policy, and it never was the policy, of the United States government to own people, putting aside this just general stupidity of Kamala Harris's argument. But when you're dumb 
and you're a failure as vice president when you're the only person polling lower than this idiot president of the United States you try to find any way possible to ingratiate yourselves to the people who are most likely to answer positively in a poll about you. She's trying to fend off Secretary Mayor Pete, for God's sakes. If you are losing to a guy who took two months paternity leave and nobody noticed at the height of a supply chain issue and the guy was in charge of it, if you're losing to that guy in a popularity contest, there is literally nothing you can do to get better. That tells you something about how horrible you are as a politician and probably a little bit as a person. So, yeah, Kamala. Oh, it's just like slavery. No, it's not. You know, it actually, it kind of is. Because if you've got this person that you just don't want and you think they're disposable and they their existence annoys you enough and, eh, you know what, I claim domain over them. Let's hoover that little SOB out there and chop it up. Yeah, so in a way, it is like slavery. You get to choose whether a human being lives or dies. Lives or dies. Period. End of story. That's much closer to slavery than somebody who screwed around, got pregnant, and goes, Oh, won't somebody take care of this? I don't know who the Democrats are thinking this is going to work on. But, um, I mean, I guess they know their base better than I do. They know it's hard to... If you try and think about what a Democrat will do, think about the dumbest thing possible. Square it. And then you start to get a little bit closer to what the prospect of a Democrat doing is. But when you're the vice president of the United States and you have failed at literally everything, I'm in charge of voting. She's in charge of voting rights. Where's that? It's not going anywhere. Good, good. Uh, I want I want Kamala to be put in charge of everything in Biden's administration because she sucks at it, and everything she touches turns to fecal matter. Hey, here's the borders are. I'm gonna go to root causes. No, you're not. When's the last time you even thought about the border? When's the last time you fielded a question about the border? Now I'm the point woman on abortion. All right, good luck with that. You are, you know, almost sixty and childless. I could maybe begin to speculate as to why you are so fervently pro-abortion. I think it has something to do with my belief that the most uh, most fervently pro-abortion people out there are just trying to alleviate their own guilt. Their misery loves company, and the more people they get to do something that they've done, the more normal it feels. And if they can make themselves feel normal... Maybe they can uh, sleep easier at night. Oh, they'll insist they have no problem. They're proud of it. They're shouting their abortion. And I don't think anybody's proud of anybody's really genuinely proud of something is shouting it to the world and trying to convince other people to do it. I don't think that's how the human brain works. I've I've been racked with guilt about various things in my lifetime. And uh, when my younger days, I was like, yeah, you know what? You should totally cheat on your girlfriend. Why not? Talk to that chick. She, yeah. Not because I thought my friend should make out with another chick. It's just because when I did it, eh, you, you sit there and you go, I don't feel bad about it. But you do. You do. You know you're doing something wrong. But the more people you get doing it, then you go, hey, you know what? Everybody's, it's normal. That's what everybody does. 
I suspect that's what's going on with our abortion friends. Anyway, they are abortions and of politics. All right, that's about enough. I got almost 20 minutes here while I'm driving. Who else in podcasting would be able to monologue with no audio while doing, sheesh, I'm doing 89 miles an hour right now. Who else could do that, ladies and gentlemen? Nobody. Go to, uh, to appreciate this, go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or to derekhunter.locals.com. Join up there, support the show. The Week in Effin' Review will be up there, and it will not be recorded in an automobile. And we'll be back tomorrow with another exciting episode. Hope you're having a great week. Thanks for listening.